Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from the Holy Gospel in Luke chapter 10. Jesus said, Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. This is God's word. When my children were little, one of the very first hymns that I sang to them was, I am Jesus' little lamb. Because what a beautiful image it is to be called one of the good shepherd's lambs. And who hasn't seen artwork depicting the Lord Jesus holding a lamb close to his chest, keeping it safe. And it's such a great hymn because it is kind of like a children's song. It kind of almost sounds like a lullaby. And I would sing it to my kids when I was putting them to bed at night. There's three verses in the hymn that talk about being Jesus' little lamb, but there is no verse that talks about what Jesus sends his lambs into here in our gospel. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs In the midst of wolves? What is that about? Why would the good shepherd send his lambs out into the wolves? That maybe doesn't really strike the right chord in a lullaby. And yet, nonetheless, there it is. Jesus sends out 72. So in other words, not just the 12 who were his closest followers, but a larger group two by two into the towns of Samaria to proclaim the kingdom of God. I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. And we know what that means, don't we? We can just picture how the wolves will react to the lambs. They're going to lick their chops. And that's something we need to remember about the image of a lamb, which we find so comforting in the scriptures. Yes, it is good to be Jesus' little lamb and to know that he is our shepherd. But also be mindful of what lambs were often used for in biblical times and in Jesus' day. God had commanded the Israelites to keep the Passover back in Egypt right before he delivered them from Pharaoh. And that involved the death of a lamb and taking its blood and putting it on the doorposts so that the angel of death would pass over. And then the family would roast the lamb with bitter herbs and the family would eat it. And God commanded the Israelites to remember the Passover by every year reenacting that sacrifice of the lamb. And so it was that in the temple in Jesus' day, it said that during the feast of the Passover, when people were coming in to the city to celebrate it, they were sacrificing so many lambs in the temple, which sat on a mount and had a drainage system running through it, that the blood would run out of the temple mount into the Kidron River Valley next to the temple mount. And it said that the Kidron River would run red. 
because of all the blood that was being spilled from the lambs of sacrifice. In that temple, every day began with the priests offering a lamb. And every day ended also with the offering of a lamb. And so it would seem that Jesus is sending his lambs out to be a sacrifice. Or so it seems. We know certainly that Jesus is our sacrifice, the only full and perfect sacrifice. But that does not discount a very true reality that I think is very important for us as the church to hear today. That the church is indeed lambs in a world full of wolves. The danger that is out there, the hostility that exists between those who are children of the Heavenly Father and those who are not, is real. Indeed, all of us are children of the Heavenly Father, but there are many who refuse to see themselves as such. Make no mistake about it, dear Christians, there is danger afoot. And and we've reflected, we did last week in the wake of the Roe v. Wade decision, we do it regularly here in the church in our Bible studies, talking about the fact there is indeed hostility and resentment out there towards the church. No, they don't string us up like they did in the days gone by when Christian faith could mean you losing your life. At least they don't do it here, and they don't do it here yet. But to be sure, there are places throughout the world where the Christian gospel and the preaching of the kingdom of God will either cost you everything you have in this life or it will cost you your life itself. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. And what is it that those who are sent out by the, by the shepherd of the sheep, what is it that he's sending them out to proclaim? Peace be to this house. Their message is a message of peace. And yet, not everyone will receive that peace. They go into homes and heal the sick and say, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And yet to those who don't receive them, they say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of God has come in Jesus Christ. And for those who know that God is a God of love and redeems us by the blood of that Son, the coming of that kingdom is a message of hope and a message indeed of peace as the disciples who went out proclaimed. But to those who reject that message, woe to you, the Lord Jesus says. We are indeed, dear fellow children of the Heavenly Father, in a world where wolves seek to devour 
the lambs. And as we've reflected on before in looking at the words of Jesus about the hostility that we will enter in the world, he makes it clear there are indeed enemies out there of the church. Hatred towards what the church stands for is real. Evil and wickedness against us is very real. Of course, what does the church pray in regards to her enemies? Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. But I want you to be mindful, dear Christians, about the struggle that we are in and what it really, truly is. Those 72 go out and in some places they are received and welcomed and in other places they are rejected. And so it goes with the people of God throughout history. In places the word is celebrated and received with great joy. In other places it is hated and rejected. The wolves are real and yet the real insidious force that is out there against us and against the work of the church is not just ill-tempered, stubborn people. Jesus, upon the return of the 72, said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Satan is the true enemy of the church. Yes, there are people we encounter and forces we encounter here in this world, day in and day out, that are truly wolves that seek to devour us. But ultimately, the true insidious force is the devil himself. He who rebelled against God Almighty and fell from heaven like lightning, Jesus says. And Jesus says he saw it happen. When Satan fell, he took a third of the angels with him. And ever since, he has set himself against the people of God, first with Eve and Adam in the garden, and with every generation since. He has been our enemy. And he convinces the wolves of this world to do his bidding. Make no mistake about it. The things that we as the church are against and speaking against, and facing, are downright demonic and satanic. What we see being done to children at all various stages, and ideologies that are completely antithetical to the word of God, and to nature and reason and logic, the destruction of our families, the brokenness of our homes, and wedges being driven between us everywhere we turn. This is not just mere disagreement. This is the church doing battle against the one who fell like lightning from heaven. And I'm not being dramatic here. Of course, the church doing battle against Satan and all his host is a frightening proposition. 
to be a lamb in the midst of wolves and all the other things that seek to devour us and, and, and pull us away from our Heavenly Father, they are indeed frightening. But of course, it is not the church herself who actually fights. It is Jesus who fights on our behalf. You see, Jesus can send out his lambs in the midst of wolves because Jesus knows ultimately the wolves of this world can do no harm against his lambs because of what he, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, what he does for his lambs ensures that you, dear Christian, do not need to fear the wolves or even Satan himself. Christ our Lord has done battle already. He has given himself into suffering and death and allowed the jaws of the wolves to clamp down on him and tear him apart literally when he dies for you and me. But in so doing, Satan, in thinking that he has won some victory by putting to death the Son of God, is too much a fool to realize that he has actually accomplished his own undoing. Because Jesus, by suffering and dying, ensures that the lambs are kept safe in the fold of the children of God. That no matter how badly the wolves snarl and snap at us, they have been overcome by the one who is our Lord and Redeemer. Those 72 that Jesus sent out, it says they returned and they were filled with joy. It says, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. He said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And what Jesus does is put in perspective for us where true joy is found. Because, you know, we as, as people, we will find both our joy and our despair in the things of this world, right? Things will happen, whether they be things on a national level or things on a community level, things in our families or things in our private individual lives. There are things that will bring us joy and there are things that will bring us despair. We will find joy in what seem to be the victories of this world. Victories for life that happen on a national stage or despair when something goes against the word of God. Rejoicing over a seeming change in our community that we think will be good and despairing when things aren't the way we want them to be. We know what that's been like over the past several years where it's been a struggle to be the church in an age of pandemic, 
and a time of great division and brokenness among the people of the world. And yet Jesus would remind us that our joy and our despair are not wrapped up in the things happening in this world. But rather, he says, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In other words, your true joy is in knowing that as a lamb, your name is written in the book of life. And no matter what force you encounter in this world, there is nothing, nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Though you are lambs in the midst of wolves, indeed, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world is already the victor and the champion. As Martin Luther taught us to sing in his great hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, he says, Take they our life, goods, fame, child, and wife, though these all be gone, the victory has been won, the kingdom ours remaineth. So even if the wolves of this world and Satan and all his hosts succeed in taking your life away, and again, remember, that is a reality. It happens in places where the church exists even today. But even if the wolves should succeed in taking your life away, they cannot take away the life that lasts for all eternity because your name is written in the book of heaven. In doing some reading this week, and obviously I've been reflecting a lot on things going on in the present, things going on in recent history, and things that have happened throughout the history of the church. I read something interesting from an author who talked about the battles we face against the culture, and he said something to the effect of, the church needs to go forth with a positive message. I think he was absolutely right in saying that. How many people out there think the church exists just to tell people what we're against, right? Oh, we're against sex before marriage, we're against gay marriage, we're against abortion, we're against all these different things. But do they know what the church is for as well? The church is for the joy that is found in having your name written in the book of life. That is the reason to hold forth the word of God as the truth that it is. Not to condemn and bury people. But that all would know the joy and promise and hope that comes from your name being written for all eternity as a child, as a lamb of God. Though the wolves snap and snarl, though Satan throw everything he has at you. The church, as we heard in our Old Testament lesson in Isaiah 66, rejoices. Rejoices like a child being bounced on its mother's lap and held close to its mother. So we are held close and filled with great joy by the Lord Jesus who will never let the wolves devour us, who instead gives himself up to be 
devoured for you and for me. And so, dear church, dear fellow children of the Heavenly Father, go forth on this day into a world indeed filled with wolves and all the work of the devil, yet confident and more than confident, joyful that you know where your name is written. If it seems like a daunting task, it does indeed, doesn't it? When we think of the, the brokenness, and the division that exists among us now as a people, how can there ever be the peace that Jesus speaks about when he tells them to go say, peace be to this house? Well, let me close today with a word from an Old Testament reading we often hear at Christmas time. It's the middle of July, so it's only fitting that we think of Christmas. And one of the readings we often hear is from Isaiah chapter 11, where the prophet delivers the word of the Lord that promises a child and writes, The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. And the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together and a little child shall lead them. Peace is possible between the lambs and the wolves because in the child, Jesus, who of course grows to become the man Jesus, who grows to die as Jesus our Lord and Savior, he brings peace even where the wolves want to devour the lambs. Peace, true peace that I know all of us desire in our nation, in our communities, in our homes, and in our own personal lives can only truly be found in the child who is also the lamb himself and offers himself to bring us peace. Because of that, dear friends, your name is written in the book of heaven. Rejoice in that today and always. Dear lambs of God, amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.